0: You beautiful people, it is not too late. Go to DuckFeed.tv forward slash DuckStream. It is happening right now.
1: Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence.
0: My name is Gary Butterfield.
1: My name is Cole Ross.
0: And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is, uh, for that is our cursed podcast.
1: Does <laughs> so. it just get more and more arcane? Um, and this week we are reading your responses to the Grand Archives. Great Archives? Grand Archives. There we go. Grand Archives. Yeah.
0: Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah. They're On the balance, good, I'll call them great. They're okay. We, yeah. We, we talked a lot of sugar about a lot of parts of it. So I, yeah. I would say it, uh, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I'm, good archives. I'm a great man, but not a good man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The
0: archives are great because the archives are good. Yes. Um <laughs> the uh and we before we move on we want to say thanks again to Josh Garrity mm-hmm. um from the Canaan Rinse podcast uh Sound of Play and General uh Gentleman and Scholar. Yeah.
1: com. Uh, yeah, love that guy. Yeah.
0: Um so but we did let him go for this part as we, usually uh, we do and also there are time differences in play. Yeah. Um yeah, so I'm going to get us uh started here with uh some follow up from previous areas uh ali says hey guys regarding the pilgrim butterflies in the japanese guidebook it mentions them as an enemy type that is abyssal like the pus of men i don't know the lore significance of this but it might assist in getting some connections
1: yeah um i included that just because i didn't know there was actual text that supported them being um uh, abyssal uh, aside mm-hmm. from the fact that they're pilgrims and pilgrims from londor abyss etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's good yeah. to know that that is that that is text somewhere
0: oh totally um especially since like um they've also been uh referred to as dragons right like in Mm -hmm. the the american guide book they call them undead dragons or something something like that like that um and the the abyssal dragon is a a tantalizing uh dangling thread from the dlc as well yes so again just making a playground of connections like a web where everything (laughs) fits like that might end up playing out, it might not, but it is mm-hmm. definitely good to know that have that actually supported by text.
1: Convergy wordy.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Uh, Dominic writes Your talk about the Dragon Slayer Armor's music reminded me of a question that I've always had about Souls music. Its highly operatic style and accompanying uh, giant boss enemy can sometimes distract me uh, from noting that it sounds like there are lyrics in the chanting. I'm no opera expert, but certain opera pieces can often feel like I'm just listening to random singy yelling. yelling. Uh, but obviously, there's lyrics in there telling a story. So the question is, do you guys know of any actual discernible lyrics in the boss music? Uh, uh, if not lyrics, uh, then, <laughs> then are there words or any meaning at all to the chanting? Um, I think that we've got a whole bunch of one, One-Winged Angel going on here. Yeah. Or the beginning of... Uh... <laughs> Before
0: <laughs> what One-Winged Angel becomes... Actually talks about his thing, right? Um, talks about his name over and
1: over. <laughs> yeah, like, dragon slayer um, armor. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um yes. Uh. this d- 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 sings about how he feels. Um. I, I think. Uh. Josh or. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, no, sorry, you're not gonna. He's he's, he's not here right now. Oh, um. Okay. But um. Oh gosh yeah or like the beginning of final fantasy where like it just begins with like phethos or whatever it is like just yeah nonsense. Like
0: libris like whatever that song's called yeah um yeah i don't i don't think that's uh, it's actual literal terms um to be to be fair this is a good question because it never occurred to me mm-hmm. um and the reason why i don't think it is though is because i would like i would see this as yes. somebody who like you know when we prepare for the show like i i read everything i can about a boss mm-hmm. um if there were meaningful lyrics in any of the bosses i think it would be it'd be a thing yeah um i think it is just kind of mouth sounds uh in non. some in non bo- body okay. um <laughs> the <laughs> but um that is it that is kind of a, a good question and i also don't feel bad about feeling like that about opera because opera also just sounds like mouth instrument to me yeah well, i mean um, it does not sound
1: like words they're also most of them are also in different languages
0: uh, that's probably all, all of would just sound like mouth instrument to me,
1: <laughs> mouth instrument, cool. Like, um,
0: like the California scavenger beetle uses its mouth instrument to tear uh, apart the wings of like, it, it sounds like a term.
1: So. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a third piece of all up here, but it's, it's, it's more of just a, a thing. So Michael wrote in, uh, with, with some, uh, a little bit, uh, late feedback to Loth- about Lothar castle. Um, mm-hmm. which didn't really fit in here, but mentioned having a pretty serious operation this summer. Uh mm-hmm. Michael is uh is, is is a longtime fan and somebody who has written it in the past. We wish you the best, buddy.
0: Yeah, I, I wish you a a swift recovery. Yep.
1: Um, you know, and I, I hope everything is
0: doing all right. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh responses, Gary. Yeah. Uh so moving on to Luke. Um Luke says, a fun area to play through, but not a huge amount to discuss, beside my friend Andy's genius lore observation curse hates wax
1: can you just rip that page out of his notebook and mail it to me
0: <laughs> yep yeah. yep yep uh curse, curse do hate wax <laughs> Cur- who is wax dog who is who, who is wax dogs who, who is yeah curse who, do hate wax who waxed my dog yeah who, who waxed <laughs> my curse um who wa- waxed my 1976 chevy curse <laughs> um oh my god i would totally ride a, a chevy curse i would totally do a chevy curse oh because like, they're always like it wouldn't be a curse it'd be like a, a like Cursegra or something like that mm-hmm. like there was you know it's not it's not a uh what what is the the good example of that it's not integrity it's an integra
1: no oh, yeah, yeah
0: um you know it'd be that kind of thing
1: <laughs> yes i just i would uh i would do whatever i needed to to make that into my own personal dragula
0: yeah i would like you know did i have I ever mention this to you before there's not a lot here so it I probably haven't mentioned it to you, but one of my good friends, uh, Noah, who I think you met mm-hmm. when you were out here, yeah. um, he uh, like is super into cur- uh, hearses, <laughs> which is the closest thing to driving a curse. Okay, and uh, like professionally makes models of them and owns one and is like into restoring them and stuff. Oh wow! So like when like I've driven around with him, like we're driving around in this like beautiful old restored hearse.
1: I've been to Noah's house. If there was a hearse there at that point why didn't i see it
0: (laughs) i think that i don't think he had one at that point because it's one of the like they're not you know they're not super expensive but they're not like great cars yep you know to have like they're 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 like an affectation on wheels that happens to be an affectation that i really like right yeah you know like it's not a sensible car decision so it was before he got one Mm. uh, but he has one now and it's really cool to see (laughs) Um, like all the little parts the curtains like things like that like the different uh you know kind of special yeah. special
1: bits of it uh speaking of affectations this is the true thing about me um in my car cd player you know what's in there halloween no. noise soundtrack oh really yeah halloween That's sound cd um i never listened to it but i was like okay i'm not who uses their cd play, player anymore what am i going to put in here just in case somebody mm-hmm. switches to
0: the cd <laughs> That's very funny. I appreciate that joke quite a bit. Like somebody clicks <laughs> a little button, and
1: it's just like you know the children tell you not to come to this house, 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 house. Uh, like, yep, I got it at a Goodwill for a dollar and fifty I'm, cents. I'm way into that.
0: That's, that's, this is a good joke, Cole. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> um, david writes we i'm a candlehead i hope i wasn't the only person who tried to see if you could light your head or uh, i'd feel really dumb i still hate the claymore wielding little shit and that sage is either a fun game of cat and mouse or an irritating chase depending on if you have ranged options or not D D party was fun but guys you don't leave home without a cleric i'm so glad they don't have a healer <laughs> Like, imagine they had one of those healers from,
0: like, they, section. They, like, somebody's buffing them and, like, shit.
1: They've got rep, uh, representation from all the pillars, except for the priest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did try and light myself. I pulled out a torch, because I always have a torch uh, in the offhand, um, mm-hmm. or, like, you know, like a like a real quick way, um, you know, quick switch.
0: I'm providing light. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we, we, we okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it, like... Yeah. No, no, I just... Uh, <laughs> But I pulled out the torch thinking like, okay, you can burn leeches off of yourself. I wonder if there's something I can do with this, but no.
0: No. Um, and it would be cool if you could like, but it's okay that you can't as well. Yeah, um, it, yeah it's a really striking, striking kind of image. I, I can't help but like kind of wish that like it actually just coated whatever helmet you were wearing with wax. Right. You know, because like I would, the Xanthus crown dog, like the <laughs> fact that you could dip the Xanthus crown in that and then like come back with the little tiny wax head. Mm-hmm. Like a gigantic like mega candle, like one of those big Yankee <laughs> motherfuckers yeah. I, would, I would have been into. So, um, yeah. The, uh, so Arthur uh, says, well, I generally enjoyed Dark Souls 3. Many areas didn't grab me at first. The Grand Archives did, however. Cathedral of the Deep did as well, and they share some similarities design-wise, in my opinion. I would agree with you there. That's an aside from Gary. Um, there are others uh, that can better speak to the lore, but I found this area to provide a nice challenge. It has a little of that demon Souls 1 one feel to it with the use of shortcuts. and it doesn't hand out bonfires every 20 feet, although the starting grand archives bonfire feels about 20 feet from the one that precedes it. I enjoyed the challenge and felt genuinely rewarded for my efforts with each unlocked shortcut. The verticality somehow made me uh, made the area feel more like a tightly designed level, than just some sprawl filled with encounters. Again, similar to Cathedral of the Deep for me. Borrowing from the Duke's Archives, one of my favorite areas from Dark Souls 1 probably played on my nostalgia as well. But in the end, I found the Grand Archives a nice mix of secrets, challenging encounters, and rewarding exploration. To top it all off, it culminated with my favorite Lord of Cinder fight.
1: Yeah, I think we're on the same page, Arthur.
0: Yeah. And the Cathedral of the Deep uh comparison is right on there. Like mm-hmm. the as far as like the really, really awesome, tightly designed levels, like Cathedral of the Deep is really, really good. Yeah. Um in this game. And this is uh this is the first time we've run into it because as much as I liked, you know, Lothric Castle, I liked some levels after that. I liked Erithil, but in my enjoyment of Erithil was mostly like the beauty of it, yeah, and aesthetics. It wasn't so much that kind of like super interwoven.
1: Mm-hmm
0: tight space you know kind of looping back on itself yeah kind of thing and and this is an example of one of those areas i seems like undead settlement is kind of like that mm-hmm. as well like does that really well
1: yeah like undead settlement uh like that nails sprawl in a way i don't think the series has done before
0: yeah 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 like it does loop back on itself there are shortcuts and the mm-hmm. like yeah um but it also you know if it kind feels of so out, expansive
1: yeah yeah and this yeah.
0: Uh, this is uh, a really good example and we're going to get to this that's all very um one nice thing about the dlc uh, is that it kind of does examples of both mm-hmm. like it does. It does like a microcosm of the really nice kind of tightly controlled area and a microcosm of kind of the shitty sprawl. Yeah, design philosophy and like you get to see both. So mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it serves as kind of a little shorthand.
1: Yeah. For this. Oh. Yep. Uh, Matthew writes, the Grand Archives may be my favorite level from a design standpoint in all of Souls. I really love the verticality of the level, along with the multiple shortcuts, bringing you back to certain paths. I like the reappearance of the Crystal Sage, as he now acts more as an environmental hazard as opposed to a normal enemy. Way better than how the Flexile Century was reused in Dark too. 2. The d and D party upstairs is okay as usual, but the crowning part of the level is the giant set piece leading up to the twin princes. Du-du-du-du-du. A mm-hmm. long ramp a long rampart filled with tons of enemies protecting the prince. Um and <laughs> when you finally get there you're presented with a great two-stage boss fight where stage one involves learning the moveset and stage two builds on that. And Lothric is super creepy. Did I mention that? You didn't, but I agree. Yeah. But creepy in a, in a, in a sympathetic way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of sympathy for Lothric.
0: I, I agree other than I, I think that the actual, the gauntlet leading to him from a gameplay perspective is just like a signal to run. Yeah. You know, some of something I had this thought, uh, Especially, and again, I hate to keep bringing up the DLC, but it's the most recent, like, fresh thing in my mind, uh, cause I ran past a lot of shit in the DLC. Yeah. Um, is that, like, is that, um, is, are the designers ever trying to signal that that's the right thing to do? You know, like, I think that that probably happens from time to time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'd prefer to have, like, encounters that are balanced to actually clear them. Right. You know, but there are a couple parts in the DLC where it's like, oh, you're just, you're not supposed to fight this. You know, mm-hmm. it has that kind of feeling to it. And, uh, I'm a mixed mind on that. Yeah. You know,
1: if, if they're doing it, like if they are signaling it, they're not signaling it strong enough, especially since it's not something that's, you know, it's not the way that I've engaged with the series in the past. Like the the way they, they, the way that they will signal it is, Oh, like this is just way too hard. So it'd be most expedient for you to get past. Yeah. Just, just move.
0: Yeah. And that's, that doesn't, you know, you can do, do better than that to kind of show that you're supposed to run past. And like, you know, cue a bunch of people saying that they fought everything on the bridge and was fine with it, and like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, like that—that's that, fine. Like, I—I I did clear it the mm-hmm. first time. It's just whether it's like fun or tedious to do so. And I found clearing that—not the bridge, the uh, the stairwell, stairway—kind of tedious. Yeah, but um, from an image perspective, like, it is really. Striking. Oh, yeah. You know, because it does look like it's like, oh, shit, this is everyone's forces, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, or all the forces kind of stacked against me to try to stop me. And that is something I will respond to from kind of just a a shock and awe perspective. Yeah. Every time Um, Dakota says. The gargoyles on top of Lothric's rooftops were mentioned near the end of one of the last episodes, and it got me thinking a bit, so I figured I'd share my thoughts. As I talk uh, about in my writing about Sullivan, and there's a link that I'll put in the uh, the show notes, I believe that Pontus Sullivan was once a scholar of the archives. He also discovered the profane capital below the tundra of Irithyll. Assuming that the gargoyles are somehow related to the profane flame, judging from their weaponry, it can be as also be assumed that the gargoyles were present uh, there when he found it. If they were related to the Profane Flame and Sullivan, I believe it could be possible that Sullivan brought them uh, up from the Profane Capital to serve as guardians of the rooftops of the archives. Maybe they even came uh, of their own volition. Either way, it's interesting to think about, if not strongly supported by text. Um, yeah, even though like the, the chronology is what gets me there, mm-hmm. because everything that we have suggests that Pontiff Sullivan is no longer associated with lothric if he was right you know if there's not outright animosity there which is suggested by him sending like kind of like lot you know outrider knights
1: yeah to by, to by, lothric, by sending his monster man over
0: yeah then then it, him guarding this thing feels like the you know that could be the case if we went back in time to when he still lived there and, mm-hmm. and everything but as such it, it doesn't seem like something that he would have a vested interest in protecting. I'd be more likely to believe that he sent them like his outrider knights. Like they were not mm-hmm. there to guard the rooftops. They are another incur you know, invading force. Yeah. But yep. it's a weird, like Sullivan having control over the gargoyles as an army. Like they don't appear in Irithyll. Mm-hmm. They don't appear guarding like his, his pet God that he, you know, that he would have reason to keep people away from. Yeah. You know, they, they only appear in that one other area before. So like a lot of things like possible, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I don't, I don't find it particularly satisfying, not, you know, not, that's not personal to the idea to you or anything. It's just, I don't find that particularly a satisfying solution.
1: It, it's a connection, you know, it's yeah. there like, you know, and like there it's hard, it's hard to disagree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing that like, I think that I'm avoiding kind of saying or addressing is like, well, maybe from just wanted to have a rooftop gar- gargoyle encounter and the implications of where these things show up be damned. Like it yeah. let's just have them there.
0: I didn't even think about it being like, you know, we already associate fighting gargoyles on rooftops. Yeah.
1: You know, from the series. Mm-hmm. So
0: I mean, and that and that that definitely happens, right? And even yeah. in, in entries that we're kinder to, like, that is why there are grave wardens in Earth and Peak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like they sometimes just need to fill a combat role. Yeah. Without designing an entirely new enemy. And like, even though the winged knights kind of play similarly, mm-hmm. um, they didn't want to tip that hand yet. They needed to have them placed for yeah. for lore reasons where they're placed. Right. So, um, yeah, like I, I can see it literally just being a, a gameplay consideration, which I don't like hold against from, you know, it's just the, the series trains everyone to kind of not think of things in, in that sense. Right. You know, but I think that might be the case here.
1: Yep. Um, Jack writes, so the grand archive was a distinct turning point for me in this game as a relative newcomer to the series. Having only played bloodborne before this, I was, a, I was at a loss for a starting build. I immediately built strength using a claymore for 90% of the game. As mentioned by Gary in the Lothar Castle episode, my strength build started to become progressively weaker and I began seeking a replacement for my beloved claymore. Um, let's see here. Uh, it was only halfway through this area uh, that my prayers were answered and one ganks make later, I found my new weapon, onikiri and Ubedachi. Uh, those are the uh, kind of decks twin swords that you get off of one of the uh, D&D party guys. With this discovery and uh, one try of that beautiful weapon art, I was hooked and I finally had a reason to abandon my classical Dark Souls build in favor of a shieldless aggressive build echoing my comfort zone of Bloodborne combat. My only gripe is that I wish that I uh, had had this experience sooner. Sure, I got to use this build on three of my favorite bosses in the series, those being the Princes, Soul of Cinder, and the Nameless King. Uh, the past, uh, the last part of this game felt so great with my new build, however, that it just uh, felt a little too late. This speaks to the lack of early weapon variety in this game, um, as I just wish more builds were viable earlier in the game. Uh, it's only now on my New Game Plus run-through that I am enjoying the true extent of my favorite weapon uh, in the game. I always remember the archives as a very distinct turning point in Dark Souls 3. However, I sadly have to attribute that more to the weapons and the items held within. And sadness means know that I can't even attempt to speed run uh, to the weapons. And I, I am doomed to have to sit through most of the game uh, to get to the build that I really enjoy.
0: Dude, there's probably something that scratches that itch a little bit earlier.
1: Yeah. Like you, know, you, like, you get like the, uh, the, the, the twin bandit daggers. Like those are yeah. really good. They have a, a fun, a weapon art uh, associated with them
0: or the grab, uh, kill the dancer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, put yourself through that and get the dancer twin swords, which like is a little bit different that has magic damage and stuff, but that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the thing I find, and you, this may be, I'd be curious if Jack has played, um, the DLC because for like gigantic smash enemies, mm-hmm. I'm finding my decks build pretty unsatisfying. Oh, wow. Um, if I can't combo, right? Like they don't get staggered. They have hyper armor. They swing gigantic oxes. If I can't combo what those fights end up being is me sticking and then dodging out of the way and then sticking again, which would be fine if it didn't take a thousand years. Yeah, Like it do- It doesn't matter what weapon I'm using. Cause I can't get off more than one hit. So if I was doing a weapon with, I can't make up the difference in multiple slashes. Like if I'm only doing one hit, I would prefer to do one hit that does more damage. Yeah. So I still, I feel, still feel like dark souls three is optimized for strength on the whole, Mm -hmm. um, for the dex weapon that I'm using now, like the black blade, um, does work fine for like regular style enemies. Yeah. Like things that I can, I can stun, you know, it works just fine. Yeah. Um, But I'll be curious if if Jack has a good experience or has a similar experience with the Axialons from the DLC Mm. Uh, because I I hate those motherfuckers (laughs) Um, and it it feels a lot it feels like a lot a big part of the build you know my build is a big reason why they suck so bad
1: yeah well it just it sucks to you you know you you change lanes and then that lane stops too and your old lane keeps moving. (laughs)
0: It's like Dave Barry says, man, like, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like, I
1: was thinking more of the beginning of office space, but yeah, <laughs> the,
0: the, either or, Yeah, uh, uh, DeGesser, uh, says the grand archives has a great example of one of the things I love about the souls games, the ability to be goofy without breaking character, dunking your head in wax is supremely silly, but it's presented as an element of the world and taken for granted like the mensis head cages or the old monks headdress, a lesser game would try to justify it. But Souls just presents it as, of course, to protect yourself from dangerous knowledge, you cover your head in wax. On to sequence breaking. If you know what to do, you can get yourself up through the uh, Dragon Slayer armor fight without ever beating Vort. But then you'll get to the Grand Archives and find them locked. The key to open the door spawns in front of the door once you've killed the other Lords of Cinder. But that seems like a really arbitrary and inelegant way of unlocking a door, doesn't it? Yes. Um, if you clip through that door, you can proceed through uh, the Grand Archives as normal. The skies are the usual Lothric yellow-green, and there's no pilgrim butterflies drifting around. The same is true once you get to the top and run across the bridge. You can even fight the Twin Princes uh, before any other Lord of Cinder. And to top it off, you can put Lothric's ashes on the throne, and you still won't be able to travel to the final area. You'll have to get the rest of the ashes, even though there's no way uh, in the base game you can get, get to Lothric's without them. What does this say to me? It tells me that originally you could sequence break all the way to fighting Lothric. Everything that enforces Lothric as the last Lord of Cinder is weird, arbitrary, and hacky, like Gothard's uh, uh, corpse appearing or the way that you get teleported back to Lothric, which still happens even if you beat Lothric out of turn. Maybe the world was originally meant to be more like Dark Souls II's spokes. This is already running long, but I just wanted to mention how uh, the domed archives reminded me of Hagia Sophia, a Roman church built in honor of the divine aspect of knowledge.
1: Yeah i'll put
0: a, a picture of that in the show notes i'm not familiar
1: that's a very beautiful building that is a that, hmm. that is a good good pull on that architecturally yeah mm-hmm. um i agree it like it everything about forcing law three to be the last one like it makes sense from a kind of climax standpoint right a little bit the way that is designed but i man just the way that they implement it is real I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's the game. The game lacks a se- central antagonist. Yeah, and the way it is implemented is to suggest that Lothric is the central antagonist, mm-hmm. and like instead, you know, we've said this a thousand times, but he is for the beginning and end of the game, right? But not for the the middle, in which we take a little side, like an Aldrich, mm-hmm. you know, side path. Um, so it feels it, it. I think you might be right that it was originally meant to be less linear, and it feels like bandaging it up. Yeah. You know, like, oh, like, we actually need to have this thing. And then, you know, not least of which, because the actual climax of the game is not a character or an antagonist that we've spent any time with the entire time. Right. Anyway, so, like, it does feel like a last-ditch effort to have a gwyn style figure. Yeah. Like, let's have a, a pathetic boss that you actually care about mm-hmm. that can tug at your heart while he hits you with a sword. Um. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. And so... It also, it makes sense to me to have, to have law therapy last specifically because of some of the stuff you mentioned in the episode itself. I don't know if I would have as much pathos or, you know, like if I would have as much sympathy for him, if I didn't see how his situation was explicitly different from, yeah. fr- from the previous ones, you know? Yeah. Like, that, sure. yeah, that, 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 that would be, that wouldn't land as hard if I didn't, if I didn't see that. So, mm. yeah. Agreed there. Yeah. Yeah. Killer Ritz, I'm pretty into this area. The verticality is complex in the right ways, but that gauntlet at the end is a real soul reaver, if you know what I mean. (laughs) 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 Just a bad thing? Is that that what you mean? (laughs) I think that's what it means. Yeah. Um, uh, This was also where I realized that I didn't understand a thing about the lore. I I had thought that the pilgrim butterflies were the angels, uh, which was such a horrific inversion of what I expected. Then, big armored gold dudes show up, and I throw my hands back and just say, fuck it.
0: Yeah. Yep. And um, we also still don't know exactly what the angels are. There are probably multiple things that probably don't include the butterflies. Right. Um, You know, because they are probably the pilgrims, Um, you know, which is even just the pilgrim, like the, the if they are the pilgrims, which they probably are, mm-hmm. which to me makes sense just based on what we know. Uh, It's like they can't have a single one telling somebody a story like that doesn't feel like it would have the narrative weight because there are dozens and dozens of them. Right. You know, so like these can't be the angels. They're like literally everywhere. <laughs> if the, uh, if Lothra was fighting with the angels, like why weren't they fighting with the pilgrims? that are literally like littered all over Lothric, you know, high castle. Yeah. So I think that that would have been cool if they were, were the angels. But again, everything connects to everything. Yeah. Cause, cause dark souls three,
1: mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, kind of a bummer. Raising the stakes. Um, raising the stakes for DLC too.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. Krusty Darren says one of the things I've been uh, I've seen while playing this entry in the Soul series is how thoroughly the influence of Beksinski is in everything. You can see it in the decaying orange color palette, the imposing sarcophagus that housed Aldrich uh, Aldrich. Uh, the lanky, almost luminous hollows, and the pitiful hollow trees on the high wall. However, nowhere is that influence more evident than in the Pilgrim Butterflies. My first read on them gave me the impression of ghostly burning dragons, and their positioning around the dragon's slayer armor made me think that they were possessing it. My mental canon of the dragons punishing, uh, punishing the very armor that had hounded their kind to near extinction by forcing it into service unending was dashed the second I looked up some screenshots for a closer look at them. These things are right out of a Beksinsky painting. The odd coloring, the motif of entirely too many bones as a <laughs> suggestion uh, of something else, in this case wings, uh, and the sense of a strange and very tragic hell crafted specifically for these beings are all very prominent. I want to know what these things are so badly. Are they the next stage of the pilgrims uh, that were sprouting into trees? Are they the nascent form of dragons before they develop their entropy warding scales? Are they the third option, beyond the scope of light and beyond the reach of dark, bringing the cycle full circle or bringing the cycle full circle any of those questions aside, I'm sure everyone else is asking them uh, as I'm sure everyone else is asking them the influence of the relatively obscure Polish painter is abundantly clear to the point where it rides the line between homage and outright theft. Mm-hmm. as a fan of the man's work however, I benefit on either side of the line, my own third option. The haunting expression of Beksinski's work deserves more recognition and callbacks if that takes uh, the form of a dying world that embodies it heart and soul, that we can run through it and experience this tragedy up close, so much the better for everyone.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here, here's here's a secret for everybody. Mention Beksinski in a in, in a letter, and I'll probably put it in the notes.
0: <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quash that right now. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, we, I, we've, we've we've talked about Beksinski a bunch. Yeah, I know. Like I'm not I'm not calling out. Yeah, uh, I was, I, know, was I was
1: part. I was also joking about yeah. about that too. But like yeah. <laughs> just specifically like as we've talked about this, you know this this sums up like the the Dark Souls three you know kind of connection at the very least um very well and so yeah i think i think this is the definitive word on bexinsky yep um like we and
0: and it's and darren definitely should have written this and this is very well said but like i think we've been bringing bexinsky up since like the high wall yep like when you first look out on that color palette and stuff like this game is very very much in that wheelhouse Mm -hmm. and uh we're we're both fans it comes up on watch out for fireballs it comes up uh relatively often yep uh Mm -hmm. you know so again that's not me saying like why'd you bring it up because this is really Mm -hmm. well written and you're right
1: yeah um
0: but it is. Uh, uh, if, I think you're right on the money. Yep, is my, is my point. Um, I realize I don't have like. A, I wonder what like the definitive like Beksinsky art book is. Uh, like I have it. Is. It's
1: very expensive. Um, okay, I got it like at, at the very tail end of like it, it had been out of print for a while. I had to order it special from like three Barnes and Nobles over. Uh, this okay, this is like back in uh, like late high school got it for like 30 bucks now um on amazon it ranges between 150 dollars all the way up to uh 500 depending on the buying okay. that you get um but uh it is very good it's called the fantastic art of beksinski I, I don't know if there's another one um it's kind of bigger than coffee table book size but it has uh kind of like the entire span of his career in it
0: yeah i will have to take a look and see if there's any other collections yeah uh, other than that because that is 100 more than I'm ever gonna spend mm-hmm. uh, just because that's a lot of money. it is but um it, it looks really uh you know we're we're like I said, we are both fans of his work. um yeah, so I think I think that's it for every responses. Uh, if you have anything to say about Arch dragon mm-hmm. um or the end game or the dLC, um hit us up at duckfeedtv.com forward slash contact yes um if you're separate messages
1: yes if you're writing in about multiple areas just please like say hey here's my dlc thoughts here's our dragon thoughts um just because that makes it easier to file um if i have to remember to go back into an older um thing uh, you're probably going to have it lost so that is fair warning
0: yeah the, the more uh, the easier you make it for us the more likely your things are to be to be read out loud yep and that's uh and that's generally true yep. um yeah so um yeah i think that's that's probably about it if you want to uh you know this is after duckstream or this yes. is during duckstream this comes out
1: oh yeah you're so, right yeah. yeah
0: while you while you listen to this tune in to cole <laughs> yep. in, like cole's playing resident evil one remake like right now Probably <laughs> when you see this uh maybe resident evil 2 check it out
1: yeah um watch me lose my mind <laughs> um but uh uh could go that that is it uh Uh, DuckFeed.tv slash DuckStream or On our Twitch page like this is hot off The presses Uh, if you're getting this Mm -hmm. on early release You can go watch Gary and uh, Brayton and Nick lose their minds So yes yeah
0: Yeah we will be uh, We'll be flipping out (laughs) Um, so If you uh, and like as we said uh, we'll Make uh, admin and stuff short If you like this uh, this network if you Like this show please consider supporting us At patreon.com forward slash DuckFeed TV Very very much appreciated Yeah um mm, I think that's good. everything. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, no deleted scenes. Um didn't didn't work out timing wise, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh so thank you guys very much for listening. And uh until next time, um boy.
1: Uh <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's hard. There's there there there's almost no dialogue
0: anymore. Yeah, we're we're running out of like man, I didn't really put that together, but that's one hundred percent true that like you know, because we when we put together our episodes like we try to find a character talking about the area. Mm-hmm where we're going to talk about and that dries up. Yep. Uh real hard at the yeah. uh, the end of this. So um yeah, so just until next time, uh go well. Yep. Be good. Recover from your surgeries.
1: Long days and pleasant uh, pleasant nights. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you, see you in a week. Bye. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.